Hello, my name is Federico Toledo and welcome to the Quality Sense podcast, where you will have the chance to improve your sense for quality by listening to some leaders who are amazing at what they do in the software industry. In each show, I'll have a one-on-one -on -one chat with them discussing specific topics related to software testing and quality. Today, I'll interview Mike Lyles. Even though we've been in contact for so many years, this was the first time we got the chance to finally speak. Mike is a director of QA and project management with over 25 years of IT experience. He has recently published a book called The Drive-Through is Not Always Faster, where you can learn a lot about leadership. And actually, this is the main topic that we will be discussing today. If you haven't read his book yet, I think this will be a great introduction to the main ideas Mike shared in it. Hello, Mike. It's a pleasure to have you here in the show. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Thank you so much, Frederick. I'm so happy to be here and so happy to be part of this. I've listened to your show and I'm really excited about being part of it. Great, thank you. Um, and the first thing I wanted to mention is to say is congratulations for your book. Uh, I'm reading it right now, a couple of chapters every day, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Thank you so much. It's it's been really good. I, I was really hoping to get it out there to a lot more people and really go on a marketing campaign, signing books. The virus had other plans for me, so I've I've ended up uh, really doing most of my marketing online and virtually like a lot of people. So, yeah. it, but it's still getting out there, getting a lot of readers and, and doing very well. Great. That's really nice to, to hear. But uh, is there a way you, you can summarize it or, or there is a one selling <laughs> proposition? That yes. Can... Yeah. I would say that my book is really the, somebody asked me if you summed it up in one story, what is, what is the message you're trying to get across there? And the message I really want to share with folks is what is holding you back? What is keeping you from meeting the goals or meeting those things you really want to do in life? Who's holding you back? What kind of things are keeping you from achieving really what you want to do and accomplish in the world? So uh, it, it's a great book for people of all ages. You know, lots of books sometimes hit a certain target range where it's young kids or, or middle, middle age or teenagers. But in this case, uh, this one hits everyone because everybody's got a goal. Everybody has goals, whatever stage you are in life. And I think this touches on those things. So it's really what is holding you back. Everyone has a goal, at least one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe not always uh, clear or like uh, in your mind, but uh, you have one goal. And having those uh, pieces of advice in order to improve what you are doing or to, to achieve them, I think it's really important. So thank yes. you for, for sharing your your thoughts about that in, in, in the book. Mike, first question related to testing. <laughs> yeah. how, how did you end up working as a software in, in the software testing industry? What I've heard you say in your podcast that most people fall into testing by accident. Yeah. And I was, I was no uh, different there. I, I was a developer for most of my life. Um, and I got into development uh, in college and then software development in a company I was working with. And I moved into management and I said, well, management's what I want to do. I want to be a project manager for developer teams. And 
really I saw an opportunity for a, a training course in test management. It was a week-long course in Tampa, Florida. I'd never been to Tampa, Florida, and I took that opportunity. I, I definitely did not look at this as an opportunity to learn testing. I looked at it as an opportunity to go to Tampa, Florida. And that was about 2005. And I realized during that course, one, I was the only person that was not a tester in that training. And two, I really wanted to be like them. So that brought me back to my company who did not have a QA organization at that time. And um, I came back, started building out a QA process, even without uh, having QA. And in 2008, they started QA and I kind of raised my hand and volunteered to move into that role. And it was, I've been in QA ever since uh, 2008. So because you wanted to visit a new place. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I had a restaurant I wanted to visit and a, and a, and a location in Tampa, Florida. And, and it turned out to be a completely different outcome for me than what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. Um, and the main topic I, I wanted to address today is related, related to leadership because I know you have a lot of experience uh, in the area and for starters um, from your experience what makes a good leader so I think one of the things I've done uh, through this summer is is I've done several leadership workshops and I've worked with a lot of people on what what defines a good leader what qualities and traits you look for in a good leader and, and there are several things Uh, the, the first thing I look for is dependability, someone who is very dependable. Um, you can count on them to do what they say they're going to do. Um, and that is actually a chapter in my book is D-W-Y-S-Y-W-D, do what you said you would do. And, and, and it's really about making sure you track your commitments because we get busy in this world and we don't always do what we say we're going to do because we'll forget it. We have good intentions, but we don't. Remember, and being a good leader is always doing what you said you would do. Another one is um, something that I learned from a director that I worked for many years ago is he introduced me as, this is Mike, he works with me. And that one simple word with instead of for changed the whole concept of how I worked with him because I was not, I'm part of his team. You know, just saying Mike works with me says he's part of my team. He says Mike works for me while well, he's, you know, I'm, a, he, I'm, I'm cracking the whip and he's doing as I say, and he's, he's my slave, you know, but I don't think that um, that's what great leaders do. Great leaders do use the word he works with me. And I've used that word ever since I've never used. So-and-so works for me. Words anymore. Are, are really, words are really important because it, it seems like a detail, but it's the way you conceptualize uh, the reality, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, the speaking of words, I think the four words that I always use as a leader is what do you think? Because if you've got a room full of people and you've got somebody working with you in a room as a leader, you, you needs to be more in servant leadership than driving the team. You know, management is about meeting goals and hitting goals and, and going that direction. But Leadership is really about understanding what you're doing for the people you, that you're working with. And when I work with folks, a lot of times I'll see them and they may or may not be actively engaged in our discussion or our plans. And I will say, Hey John, or Hey Susan, what do you think? And that gives them the opportunity to add their insights, makes them feel like they're more part of the team. 
And those four simple words, what do you think really helps people to, to be more interactive and engaging um, as a leader? So I've got a very long list and you don't want to go two podcasts long, but uh, so many great traits of a leader. I think really it's, it's really around the dependability and, and being able to help people remove obstacles um, that are holding them back. And great leaders lead by example as well. You mentioned uh, management. Is there a difference for you between a manager and a leader? Yes. So I have, I have a slide in my talk on the leadership, and that is leadership is not management. Um, leadership is not a title. It's not a role. Uh, it's really about influence and supporting your followers. Um, and, and really great leaders practice servant leadership. And you can be a manager and a leader, and some managers are great leaders. Um, but what I say to folks uh, that come to my courses, a lot of people like to come to my leadership courses because they want to learn how to be a leader. And the first thing many will say is, well, I'm a, I'm a tester. I'm a, I'm a junior tester. I'm an entry-level tester. I'm not a leader. And I, was, and I quickly correct that. And I say, it doesn't matter what position you are in within the company, you can be a leader. You can be a leader at five years old. You know, you can be a leader at 12 years old. It doesn't matter where you are in your career, you can be a leader. And John Maxwell, a great leadership author, uh, and great, great author of many business books and leadership books, has a book called The 360 Degree Leader. And he talks about how you lead your peers, you can lead your subordinates, you can lead your executive team you can lead in every direction. And, and I think it's a great book uh, for anyone that hasn't read it, because I think that it really helps you think about leadership as, as a, is a quality more than it is a, um, a position. Yeah. Something that we have been trying in Abstracta is to identify those leaders and also try to help them and train them to get a management position. Yes, absolutely. And so you're asking how do, how do you help leaders uh, of um, others become leaders? I think it's really, um, I've worked with a lot of experienced leaders and people that just are born with it. You know, some people are born mm -hmm. with it. You can tell uh, a lot of times when I, when I, back in the good old days, uh, when we used to do conferences in person <laughs> and, and wasn't doing all of them virtually, I, I've, I realized very quickly in a lot of my courses that you can tell in a group of people who is the leader, you know, who is the biggest leader. There may be multiple leaders in that group, but you'll see someone taking that initiative, getting in front of the group, starting to pull people together. And, and that's a natural ability that you see people do. Uh, but, it, but I've seen other people who they want to be a leader, but they're shy or they're, they, they don't really understand how to get into that position. And, you know, What I love about those different roles, though, is that they each, they each have different roadmaps. And, and, you know, some want to learn how to lead, and I can give them direction, show them books to read, uh, things that they can study, oracles they can live by. Um, and then, or they may be experienced leaders uh, who want to get better. And the thing I always tell the experienced leader is there's a quote from Stephen Covey called, Nothing fails like success. And what Stephen, Stephen Covey says is he puts his, arm, his hands together, his fists together, and he says, what you're doing today is very successful to the need today, but the needs may grow. And now what you're doing today that was successful is no longer successful. 
So it's just nothing fails like success. And I think that's one of the things I try to teach in a lot of my courses and a lot of the presentations that I give is you're great today. You may be awesome today. That doesn't mean you're going to be awesome tomorrow. You've got to keep growing. And as leaders, it's definitely something that it's a continual, continued education and continued growth as a leader to grow. What's more effective for continue growing? Because I, I know there are workshops, there are books, there are different kind of trainings or, or things like this. I, I feel that it's really important to, to mentor leaders, but maybe you have some other ideas in how to keep them growing as leaders. Yes, absolutely. There are so many great ways to learn. Um, Twitter, I always tell people at my conferences, and I didn't realize how powerful Twitter was until about eight years ago, I was speaking at a conference, standing in front of the conference, and I was using my phone for the timer to know, make sure I got my hour in, and it was my first talk. And I noticed Twitter started blowing up. You know, I was seeing people quoting what I was saying during my talk, and it was just like scrolling on the screen. And I realized how powerful, especially in the testing community, that Twitter is for us because um, I created a list of people. I've added most all of uh, you're there. A lot of other great uh, folks in testing are there, and, and great leaders are there as well. But I have a testing list that people can follow. There's, it has about 2,000 people in it. So if you connect with those people, they will likely connect with you. Same with writers and leaders and, and different lists in my group. So if you're not on Twitter, I strongly suggest folks to get on Twitter. It's a great way to see what people are talking about, and it's fast. You know, it's not posting a lot of stuff. It's just words and, and a few pictures maybe. That's one way. Um, LinkedIn uh, is a really great place to meet with leadership groups uh, and connect with a lot of people out there. I've got a lot of connections on LinkedIn, a lot of people that I've met through that process. But the one I think that is, uh, two that I think that are really is blogs and podcasts. Um, I think blogs are growing. I think people are starting to write more. You know, there's a lot of discussion through the years about is our blogs, you know, falling out and people not using them anymore. I do think there's other avenues, but I think people who write really good blogs and articles um, really get a lot of attention and you can learn about what people are doing. And Now we have more time, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. We're at home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you know, I, I say, I've always said the best way to learn something well is to listen uh, to the experiences of those um, that have already been through it. And there's some people out there writing some great articles and doing some great podcasts. And uh, I love your podcast with, with a lot of great leaders who are sharing their experiences. And, and I think you know, that's the kind of thing people need to be taking advantage. Like you said, taking advantage of this time where you're not having to drive to work. You're not having to travel a lot. You're sitting at home, you know, learn from the, from that experience. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. You know, I, I will take the opportunity now that you mentioned that uh, to, to encourage people also to write more and share uh, the experiences. For, because for me, there is a, a quote that says something like, uh, the one who, who teaches learns twice. Yes. Yes. Right? So sharing your experiences, writing them, 
it helps you to clarify your ideas because if you want to explain something, you, you have to be very clear. And sometimes it needs, it, it drives you to research a little bit more or to look for different ways of saying the same thing. So I really encourage people to, to share yeah. and write more. I have, I, have, I have a slide in a lot of my leadership talks that I have learned more from teaching people than I've learned from being taught. And, and I do, I agree with you completely. That is, that is a very great point is that to, to really be able to teach it to people, you have to learn it, like you said. And it's a, it's a great point. Very good point. Great. One more thing um, related to uh, maybe a different topic, but uh, you know, when, when we lead a team or we lead or we influence some other people, we maybe can, can have the fear of, uh, Having mistakes. Also, when we teach, what about what if I'm uh, wrong in what I'm trying to teach? I, I read a lot lately about the responsibility of uh, for quality that testers have, and also again fear, anxiety, and things like this. How how can you overcome these kind of feelings that maybe can block you in the in, in your path? Yeah. So when we mention the theme of my book, you know, is what is, what is holding you back? One of the chapters of my book that I always share to people that, that say, I'm afraid of this. And I have a lot of anxiety and fear about accomplishing this or meeting this goal is, or, or people are, are not going to accept me or they're not going to like what I'm doing. I get a lot of people that disagree with me or my thoughts are not going well there. Uh, one of the chapters in my book is called what other people think of you is none of your business. And, and I think social media, society is ingrained in our brains that we must do things to make people happy. Uh, we, we feel that need to, you know, to do that so that people like me or stop doing this so that people uh, keep liking me. Um, but the day you wake up and realize that you can do anything you want uh, and it doesn't have to be for others, you're reborn. And I think uh, it's perfect to help others, to do great things, help a friend in need, give those you know, what they need for support, but it's not okay for you to hold back from doing something because you feel you're going to get laughed at or ridiculed. It's not okay for you to keep away from something because, you know, you, uh, you really want to do only this because, uh, what others are going to say is you, he's not succeeding or he's not achieving the goals. Your level of success really defines within you. Um, so remove those thoughts, you know, remove uh, the people if you need to, uh, and focus your mind on what you need to do to achieve. I remember that when I first told someone in 2002, I'm going to write a book, they laughed and they said, sure, go ahead. You know, everybody writes books. Right. And you know, it challenged me and, and I thought, well, can I write a book? And what I found was I just put a little bit into it every, every so often and got to where I needed to be. But I've, I've been one to accept that challenge. And, and I say to folks, you know, develop that thick skin um, and, and to be tough when people tell you that, they think, you know, you're not going the right direction. Sometimes you might not be. So you need to listen to it some, but I would say, don't let people hold you back. Don't let your fears hold you back and, and really talk with someone who you highly respect. You know, mentors are out there. I always tell people a mentor is not someone that you necessarily have to pay and, and have a constant agreement with. It could just be somebody that you highly respect um, in the community or, or in your, in your workforce. And I, and I bounce a lot of ideas off of people. You know, I've talked to Michael Bolton a lot. Um, 
I met him at a conference one time and he had no idea who I was. And he uh, stepped up to him and asked him about metrics, which he quickly told me, it's not metrics, it's measurement. And he took me to the side and he had lunch with me and he'd never met me before. And I'll never forget that because it was many years ago and I've been really good friends with him ever since. But I like the fact that there are people in this testing community more than other places that I've worked in other careers. Uh, I think that really want to help people. So, you know, get with someone who has your same ideas, shares your thoughts and get some understanding from them. And that'll help you, you know, gain that confidence. Yeah, totally. I, I also ask myself a question from time to time when I, I feel this fear, which is what if I'm wrong? What's the problem with being wrong? That's right. Well, what if uh, what I'm doing is not perfect? I, I, I was saying at the beginning, uh, before the, the interview, uh, my English, I know my English is not perfect. What about it? Can you understand what I say, I'm saying? Okay, that's enough. That's right. right. Absolutely. It's going to improve with the time, I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Practice right. makes perfect, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing about uh, this, because uh, we are talking about leading people, um, reading books, social media, um, paying attention to so many things happening around us in order to uh, learn and continue growing. And, and we also have a life, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the chapters, one of my favorite chapters so far is the one where you mention about uh, this uh, idea of the balance, uh, the work-life balance. Can you tell us uh, yes. about it? Because I really like it. Yes. You know, a lot of authors will write a chapter or name a book or a chapter, something that really gets attention and makes people wonder, what is this all about? And I know you're talking about the chapter called Work-Life Balance is a Fantasy which gets people's attention right away because a lot of people talk about work-life work balance. It worked with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, so at the start of that chapter, I talk about a guy that, that was asked by someone, where, are you, where do you live? And his answer was everywhere. And, and it was a funny response and it was in a funny movie. And I thought it was funny, but it got me thinking. We do live everywhere, uh, everywhere we go. And it was at that moment that I realized um, that you don't have to separate the two. And a lot of people try to um, and try to even them out, but you'll go crazy, especially in the roles that we play, especially in testing uh, and, and in the IT world. Um, and so what I challenge people to do is, you know, make life fun wherever you are. Enjoy those moments, whether you're at work or you're home or you're out to dinner and, and worry less about, you know, evening, uh, evening up the hours that you spend on your work and your goals and more about, what do you want to leave as your legacy? You know? Um, and so my story, you know, in 2002 was that I wanted to write a book, you know, people laughed, like I said, uh, but I knew someday I would do it. I had no idea how I would do it, but, but for me, I pulled it together um, uh, in an old leather notebook and I wrote down the name of the book, uh, which was a different title back then. Um, and I wrote down, you know, on that day, I wrote down in the, in the planner, on this day, I am going to write a book. And I didn't know how long it would take. It was 2002, by the way. But each month, I would add notes, new chapters, new ideas um, that, that I would think would work, uh, whether I was at work, or I was in the car, I was at home, where, wherever I was, I would just start taking those notes. 
Um, and um, 2014, I started pulling them together and started saying, you know, this is what I want to do. 2014 to 2017, I started adding titles and figuring out how I wanted to do that and, and figuring out wh what are the details. And I cut some out and added some new ones, uh, you know, and then slowly, 27, 2018, uh, 2017 and 2018, I got serious about the book, started really defining the chapters, how it was all going to look. In 2019, I finally finished it. I think I edited it 10 to 15 times. So I've read the book more than anybody in the audience would ever read a, this book. Um, but, it, but it was out there. And I, and I was really happy because uh, the moral of the story here with work-life balance, I think, is I knew I wanted to write a book. But I also knew I worked in IT. I got kids, family. And so I knew that it's very hard to do all these things you want to do, especially if it's not related to your work or your life. And um, so I just said, you know, the moral here would be do a little bit every day that you can do. And, you know, every day try to do something else or every week try to add to your goals. And it may take you 17 years to write a book, but you'll get there and, and you'll, you'll see that accomplishment. Um, and also doing things like this with the book taught me that my second book, my next book that I write, will not take as long, you know, because you, you've, you've now got the experience, you know, what things to, to, to hold back on and not to hold back on. And I think a lot of people, we talked about fear. I think a lot of people fear makes us procrastinate and put things off. And once you've been through that experience yeah. once, it makes it easier to do it the second time. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we typically with a friend try to change the idea of work life balance for work life integration. Yes, absolutely. Because it's, uh, as you mentioned in the book, it's one only thing, right? You have one <laughs> life. In well, some I moments you are working, in some moments you are writing a book, in some moments yes. you are... Uh, I tell folks in my, in my courses that, uh, that uh, testers really are testing everywhere. If you're a great tester, you're testing no matter whether you're at work or you're at home. And for that reason, I, I, I say that a lot of people will not test drive a car with me because I drive everyone in the car crazy, <laughs> including the dealership, by testing everything in the car. All the all the buttons, all the controls, the brakes, the gas, the you know, and I test everything. You know, we test everything we do. So you know, Bound, you're right. boundary values as well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no Scary. tickets from the police yet. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I have a couple of uh, final questions. Uh, yes. We you you have uh, given a lot of. Um, suggestions or pieces of advice but i i would like i would like to ask you more specifically about habits if you have any habits that maybe you can suggest to form or to avoid <laughs> oh yes that you know i touched on it a moment ago but procrastination is mm -hmm. the worst and you know there there used to be a, a funny shirt that says why why do today what you can put off till tomorrow <laughs> um but but i think you know, a lot of people will also, it's a, it's a variation of procrastination. And that is, I've got three things to do. This one is the most important, but number two is easier, you know? And so I'll, I'll wash the car. I will, I will wash the laundry. I will, I will go do this. I'll go do that instead of work on this presentation or work on my book. And, and I think people have to uh, really focus on, make sure you're 
getting those big goals done first. Sometimes it's good to get some little wins to kind of get you motivated. There's nothing wrong with doing some of the really small stuff, but don't let that get in the way. Um, and then the other bad habit we touched upon a little bit earlier is to do what you said you would do. Um, it's, it's a simple thing to write down what you have committed to. So if you tell me, hey, Mike, I need this report by Friday, I'm going to say yes. And then I may forget it before Friday because I'm doing 13 other things in my mind. But if I write it down and I say I've made a commitment to you and I made it at this date and I'm and I committed to deliver it to you at this date in this time. Now I've got a list and I work from that list every week, every month of my job. And, and whether it's work, it's 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 family, it's personal, whatever it is, when I make a commitment, write it down and, and hold to it, because I think that. Is, is, is something that a lot of people don't do. And it's so simple that people think, well, Mike, that's crazy. I don't need to write everything down. I got a good memory. And you get my age and you realize I don't have as good a memory. You know, I have good intentions, but it doesn't cover for my good memory. <laughs> I, I don't have a good memory. And actually something that I typically say is that if I don't write it down, it doesn't exist. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do, do you have a... Um, any book to recommend to the audience? Uh, I mean, apart oh, from yes. your. <laughs> oh, I have so many books, um, and I, and I won't go all. I go through hundreds of them. I do have a pretty good list, though. Uh, the first one I would share with folks um, is "Start with Why." It's a, a book by Simon Sinek. Uh, he talks about understanding what is your why, the core of why you do things, and it has nothing to do with what you do or how you do it. It's a wonderful book. Start with why. Even if you don't read the book, go to YouTube and look for Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, and and you will see a, um, a YouTube on the Golden Circle, and it's an 18-minute video, and he's amazing. Um, the other book that if you're a leader and want to be a leader, you must have read or you're about to read it, and that is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So many core values there. He also talks about, of all the seven things he talks about, the one thing he talks about that, that really appeals to a lot of people is the, is the four quadrants. You know, the important versus uh, not important and the urgent versus not urgent. And he talks about how that we spend our, a lot of our times doing things that are not important and not urgent, you know, and they get in the way. And how do you get yourself in that fourth quadrant where you're, you're being proactive and getting things done? 360 Degree Leader, we touched on it. A couple of the testing books I would suggest. Um, definitely Lessons Learned in Software Testing. James Bach, Kim Kaner, Brett Pettitore. That's an awesome book. Uh, Leading Quality uh, by Ronald Cummings John. Uh, Cummings John, he is amazing. He's got a good book out there. It's a brand new book. just came out in the last year. Um, anything by Lisa Crispin and, and Janet Gregory. They've got a Agile Testing Condensed, which is We always joke, me and the two of them, that's a much easier book for me because it's really short, gets me to the point. They've got this giant academic book, you know, a couple of those. But all three are really, really good books. Um, and I guess the last one I'd say would be The Three Pillars of Agile Quality. And that is by Bob Galen and Mary Thorne. And I've got several others. Anybody listening wants to reach out to me, I can share others. The list just keeps going as I'm looking through it but some great people that have written some really good things that, that we can learn from. 
Excellent. Uh, I'm really happy that I know most and I've read most of the books you mentioned, <laughs> but I will pay attention to the ones I, I didn't know. So yes. Thank you so much for that. Um, Mike, do you want to invite our audience to do anything? Yeah, I would say try the book. Um, if, if you're an ebook reader, it's $3.99 right now, US dollars, uh, very uh, cheap deal. Uh, right now. If you can't afford that, reach out to me. I can work it out with you and get you a copy. Uh, but I, but I, what I find about the book is it's 30 chapters. Each is a, is a different short story. It's the, really how I wanted to lay this thing out because it, you can read a chapter a day. A lot of people are doing that. They're saying, I, I don't have time to read a whole book. And this one's not a very thick book and a very large book, but you can read one chapter a day, get a new thought, start your day off with that. And I really do think it's helped a lot of people. And, uh, you know, my mom loves it, which I guess she's, uh, she's probably an impartial voter though. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's been very helpful and it's helped me to, to, um, to integrate with a lot of people and, and really the, the part that pleases me and makes me happy about the book is that when people start speaking about, and this is one of the things, um, when you get to the end of the book, there's the last chapter is called leave a legacy. And, really after all these things are what's holding you back and the very end of the book is what do you want to leave? You know, what do you want to be remembered for and how do you want to be remembered? And uh, when I thought about writing a book over the years, the one thing I wanted to do was I wanted somebody to quote me, you know, and I wanted, I wanted something that I said to make a difference in someone's life. And I felt like that I'm starting to see some of that coming back now. People are saying, hey, I'm doing what I said I would do, or, you know, or, you know, nothing's in my way, or, you know, I don't care what other people are saying about me. And so when, when I hear people coming to me and they're quoting things from my book that I've, that I've showed them, um, then that to me is the accomplishment. It's not about how many books I sell or how much money I make. Um, I had someone tell me a long time ago, you're not going to get rich off writing a book. And they were absolutely right. Um, <laughs> But the one thing I did do is get rich off of the idea and the connections and, and, and what people were learning and what I'm learning from people that read it. So. so thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure and honor for me to have you here in the show. Yes, uh, thank you. Enjoy the, the, rest of, the rest of the day and hope to see you, see you soon. All right. Thank you. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos.